We're Tim and Susan, and we love the Word, and we love living real. So we invite you to join us as we look at the Word this week and life this week. Hey, Susan. Hey, Tim. How are you? I'm fine. Sometimes I get distracted. Are you kidding? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, I know. So if there's just a little piece of electronic equipment oh, around yes. and it just could be tweaked a little bit and it'll be a little yes. bit better, I find that a little bit distracting. I know. Sometimes it's like when we're sitting in the car and then I'm like, let's go, let's get out and get going. Or but when it's getting out of the car to get in the house, I'm like, come on, let's get going. Just a couple buttons and the world will be better. No, but then we end up sitting, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you can do that in the evenings when you're home and done for the day. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> But we're waiting to do this podcast. There's a whole, gener- I was going to say generation of people. That doesn't make sense. A whole group of people waiting for this podcast. They are. Okay. Okay. Here we are. Here we are. So guess what this week is? I it's don't know. not my birthday. Um, it is, it's going to be Halloween. It's going to be trick-or-treating on Thursday night. Ah. So we do not have a lot of experience with trick-or-treating. No. And I'm going to say, Okay. Give me <laughs> the best costume you had when you were a kid. I can only remember one costume ever as a kid. Okay. Uh, remember, I grew up overseas at least till I was eight years old. I, I lived okay. in Peru, and some point in did that they trick first... or treat in Peru? No, they didn't. They had okay. they had a carnival, a Mardi okay. Gras thing that they would come down the streets with these lumineers and stuff a like Mardi that. Mardi Gras. It was in February. Yeah. Oh, okay. Or okay. March so not. Oh, okay. But... Yeah. 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 Okay. So they they would have that equivalent. They didn't call okay. it Mardi Gras. They called it Carnival. Okay. Um, yeah. And they would have these lumineers, and people would wear costumes and things okay. like that. So I kind of have a vague recollection of of that. But so we came home, and first year or two, uh, it was Halloween, and I remember that we got a secondhand costume that nobody else wanted, and that's what I dressed up with. For Halloween. Now, when you say secondhand costume, I mean, we are from the generation that had like the plastic suit costume with the plastic mask with the little rubber band thing that went around the back of your head. Yes. Is that what it was? My costume cost $3 last year, but this year it was yes. free. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what was it? It was Casper the Friendly Ghost. That's so funny. I find it, like, especially in your family that you grew up in, I find it really funny that they would, like, have allowed you to be Casper the Friendly Ghost. Because it was free. <laughs> now, like, I probably had to Google and try to find out who Casper was. Yeah, you, well, I don't think they had Google then. I think you were just hopeful, like, okay, it's, it's a costume. It's good. All right. Um, I was telling Becky on Sunday at church about my worst costume. Actually, I think Garrett was there too, but I was telling them about... When I was a kid, I think it was fifth grade or sixth grade, fourth grade or fifth grade, and I just wanted to be a robot. And I had this in my head. I was going to create my own costume. Now, those of you that know me now at my middle ageness and my life experience know, wait, Susan was going to create something and come up creatively with something? Yes, I thought I could be a robot because, okay. yeah, and you're supposed to wear it and dress up for, and go to school. Yes. Okay. So I found a box, like most box, most robots in the 
early 1980s, late 1970s, we're going to have a cardboard box cut out with your arms and then place for your neck. Probably just an old Amazon box. <laughs> there was not Amazon either. So, um, so, you know, so we went somewhere and found a box and I was going to have my arm hole and my neck hole for the robot. And then I was like, but how do I make myself a robot and all the other, like my arms and legs? And I probably could have gone, but like I wasn't going to spend money on it. My parents weren't going to spend money on it. I probably could have gone and gotten some, um, you know, the stuff that goes out of the dryer, I like was your dryer the same vent. Thing. Thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't do that. Um, and I think my parents were just like, look, we're not spending any money on it. You do what you want to do. And I just had this genius idea that I was just going to wrap my arms and legs in foil. Okay. And I thought that would be super smart. So you were confident and you're like, I got this. I do. I was like, don't worry. I'm, this is what I'm going to do tomorrow morning when I wake up. This is what I'm going to do. And if you take a piece of foil and wrap it around your arms, your forearm and your upper arm and your forearm, your I don't know, your bicep yeah, and, your, yeah. and then your legs on your thigh and then your knee, it has to bend and then your calf and you wrap foil around there i guarantee you that by the time you leave your house and you go get in your car to ride to school that morning your foil is going to be in shreds and i had put on a little plaid skirt and a white shirt with mickey mouse on it that did not match but it was going to work really well for this robot costume and nobody was going to see it because i was going to be at school all day long dressed as a robot so and i the, got in the car this had nothing to do this was just like this is beneath the beneath box beneath the box because okay. you have to have clothes on beneath the box but it didn't matter because right. nobody was going to see it right. i was going to be a robot all day long and i by the time i got to school i can remember being in the back seat of the car and the foil falling off my leg pieces and i was like this is so maddening. I was really angry and mad and sad and embarrassed because of what I actually had to wear to school and I didn't have a costume. I'm traumatized <laughs> by this. I can so see that. I'm like, can't you? And yeah. I maybe, maybe that is also why to this day I will not create, I will not decorate, I will not like, don't ask me to do that. So the confidence is gone. That's not, oh yeah, the confidence was gone fourth grade, October 31st in fourth grade. <laughs> The confidence left. See, that at some it. point in time, I don't know if there's a Halloween costume or not, but I also dressed in a box slash tinfoil. Why? I think I was oh, a, knight in, oh. a knight in shining armor. Not for me. I don't know what that means. Like so in a play think, or something? Well, I think for something yeah. we had to dress yeah. up. or I don't know if it was a school presentation or something. Yeah. But I dressed up. In a box okay. with aluminum foil, tin foil. Was it the same? Were you in fifth grade? Because I'm I just don't saying, remember. like, I would have been in fourth grade. You would have been in fifth grade. We didn't yeah. know each other, but maybe our robot tin man disasters happened. I don't know. I don't know. It's, but we've also had, as grown ups, as a married couple, we've had some pretty rough Halloween nights. Not to our own making. Right. I'm trying to think. I think you have been out at a meeting for so many Thursday night, Tuesday night, Halloween nights. Or it's been church yeah. um, on a Wednesday night. But I feel like you've been at meetings during the week. Um, personnel committee, stewardship, whatever would happen. A deacon's meeting that you would have. I remember Adam was born September 19th. So it would be our first um, Halloween night. He was six weeks old. And you were leaving for a meeting and I was still in recovery stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to turn off all the lights and I'm going to go back to the back bedroom, which was Adam's room. And I will just sit and rock him and put him in bed and I'll just take it easy until you get home. I'm not going to answer the door for trick-or-treaters. And what happened that year? I don't know. I was at a meeting. You don't remember? Do you remember <laughs> what happened? I do remember what happened. Okay. So you came home 
And you and I heard the doorbell ring and I heard the knock, 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 trick or treat. And I didn't answer it. I just stayed back there, a little rocking at him and everything. It wasn't exactly the best neighborhood. This either. was when we lived out by the beach. Yeah, this was when we lived in for downtown Fort Lauderdale. That wasn't it wasn't the best neighborhood area. So that was the other reason why I just stay in and close the doors and lock the doors. Um and then you came home where we woke up the next morning to find that our house had been egged. Yeah. It was a real thing. Yeah. We didn't treat them, so they tricked us. Yeah. It was not cool. I just haven't had great experience with Halloween. I don't know. But now we live in the subdivision and we have bought bags of candy. And some of it is left. We have opened it. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good. So, anyhow. All right. So, this week. Yeah. Now we're going to. This was a smooth transition. I don't know what it has to do with anything. But um, we ate all the candy. Now let's talk about the word. Um, This week I told Tim. And he doesn't really know. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't even hardly know the topic. (laughs) As a rule, I don't know anything. Yeah. You don't know anything. But you don't know the topic um, and you don't, this is a conversation. I said, I would like to interview you for this podcast. And I said at lunchtime, I was like, do you want me to give the, you the questions ahead of time? And you said, no, that's fine. We'll just work through it. I think, which is more natural than you yeah. having time to study and everything. So this podcast interview, <laughs> theological questioning, um, comes from a conversation we had when we were out to dinner with some friends, um, last week and, you were just talking about a little bit of your background, of your history, of how you were raised, about some um, in the background, like with your family and how they had come out of some legalism roots. Yeah, just a real fundamentalist church there you go. background. Yes, yeah. Which, which unpacks and some right, right. tendencies and just some, for rules. Exactly, like the rules that you had in your house growing up. Yeah. And um, the people that we're out with said... Something to the effect, I don't remember exactly, but like, but that's why you preach so much grace or that's why you're a grace preacher is kind of what their words were because you have some of that background that you, I think their words were kind of like that you kind of broke free from some of that and you have grace. Does this make sense? I remember that conversation. Do you validate that that happened? Uh, That's probably some truth to that. The interview, the interrogation has begun. (laughs) Is that Uh, correct? I mean, I can't really say what the pattern and motivation of my life was, but yes, uh, that is where I came from. My parents were kind of a bridge from that. They... It surrounded us, right. but I, I don't consider my parents to have been the, the most ultra rule mm-hmm. keepers. Uh, it, it, but that was the that was the culture in which we grew up, in. and and there was there was a good amount of that, right? And um, also some of your father's work and his job um, with a certain affiliation, ministry, yeah. yeah, ministry with affiliation, yeah. There, there was just certain things that he had to sign on the dotted line that he would not. Go to movies yeah. or play cards. I think one of the stories like that. That, one of the stories we told the other night was that uh, for my senior year it was senior skip day and it wasn't a really big deal at my school but uh, my mom worked at the school and so she must have known that it was senior skip day and something like that and it was spring training season in Florida mm-hmm. and my mom suggested that my dad take me to a baseball game spring training games start at one o five and so we would have been able to take the morning off go to that baseball mm-hmm. game and I got to tell you. I thought that was the coolest idea because as a rule-keeping family, right. the idea of skipping school, skipping school mm-hmm. for no real reason was mm-hmm. just mind-blowing. And the fact that my mom would suggest to do that was like, what? And I could see at breakfast, my dad thought about it. Mm-hmm. 
He, he really liked the idea, mm-hmm. but he could not pull the trigger on it. Mm. The rule was you went to school. Yeah. And so on senior skip day, you I went, to, went school. to school. You went to and, school. That's and right. So it was How close. many kids were he in wanted, your class that day? I don't know. You and I, I three guess, others? No, <laughs> I, I don't remember it being a really big deal at oh, our, okay. our okay. school. Um, it's a much bigger deal now. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I think it, it, it is. And I don't think I even, I don't think my school had senior skip and day. I, I, I think, think where we used so. to live, there were like 27 senior skip days. Yes. Like, we lived by the beach. It was like every Friday, the second semester became senior skip day with like, let's go to the beach yeah, but, but every even, Friday. Even like in Eunice, it seemed like it oh, was yes. always yes, senior yes, skip yes. day. No, that's what I'm like. Oh, always. It did seem like, like that. When we were in school, was, there was the day one they day. got their rings was a skip day. The day before graduation like all Fridays, was a skip day. Tuesdays, <laughs> yeah. and Thursdays. Yeah, you're right. You're right. No, we don't have that. Okay. So I'm going to call you a preacher of grace all for right. the intended purposes of all my questions. Okay, so yeah. preacher of grace. My first question: Are you soft? <laughs> well, can I, I mean, just, that's just what I like. Can I just say the, the yeah. whole idea of being a preacher of grace? Yes. I'm not sure what other kind of preachers are supposed to be. Ah, uh, okay. Does I that mean, mess this is up your any interview. Further questions? Nope, nope, this is your interview, so I'm like, I mean, you like, can answer however you, you want to. You say that, but like, that's what the gospel is. Right. The whole transaction, the whole story, the whole message of of Christ is grace. And so to be a preacher of grace just means to be a preacher of the text. I think that's true, but I think that people would often say that you, you are not a preacher that is going to fuss and yell and get red in the face. I think that there's just words, there's key trigger words that people hear. And so when they say that you might be a preacher of grace, I think they're thinking he's soft. And soft in really? a negative way. I'm well, I'm asking, are you soft? Squishy and cuddly? And I don't think that's what they mean. <laughs> I think maybe not holding hard line to the truth of the gospel or the truth of the word of God. No, they're, they're, I, I don't consider myself soft. I, I have two different things that I want to do. I want to communicate what the text says. And, and what I've said for a long time is I want to say the same thing as the text for the same purpose as the text with the same voice as the text. And you will find that there are some places in Scripture where there is a hard word that comes from God. And when that hard word is in the text, then I want to speak that hard word. But I'm going to tell you, try reading the Sermon on the Mount angry. It does mm-hmm. not fit. Right. It is a grace. Even though there is a challenge to mm-hmm. it, it is not a harsh message. It opens with blessed, blessed is, blessed is, blessed is. Right. And, and it, it's an invitation all the way through. There's correction to it, but there's an invitation to it. Okay. So have you ever preached angry? Have I preached in the last, angry? I, yeah. In the last 26 years of being a pastor. No. 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 Right. If, if I, were, I think that's true. I validate if I, that. If I, I were, ask that if because... If I were angry, yeah. then, then I shouldn't preach that Sunday. Mm. Because that, that would be, that'd be me. Now, have I communicated the anger of God? I hope I have because if that's in the text. Okay. But, but that's not my anger. That's God's anger. Okay. So that's and a so follow-up if question. I, if I claim that as mine mm-hmm. and I say, God and me are really angry with you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That cost Moses a trip to, to the right. promised That's land. That's right. Yeah, you, you're you can't, right. You can't stand and say, me and God, we're, we're upset with you all. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, 
No. Okay. It's, it's God is upset with us, and I'm on the us side. Yeah. Um, so, again, that fo- follows up with this. I feel like you're going to answer my questions before I actually ask them. So, ask them. I've got good grammar today. So, um, and it really comes out of questions that people ask. And people ask me about you more than they ask you about you sometimes. Which is funny because if I'm a graceful person, know, why I'm don't like, they want to ask I me? I feel like you are completely approachable. <laughs> and I think that people just don't know that you're completely approachable. And you have many conversations with many people completely approachable. Like, yeah. Um, but these questions aren't specific from other people. But I'm okay. really asking from the other questions people ask sometimes. Okay. okay. So to follow up with what you just said, are there times for condemnation preaching? And that's the wording I've chosen to use, but how would you answer that? Are there times for condemnation preaching? Um, there's times for speaking the message of God, but I don't think it finishes with condemnation. Mm-hmm. There is a warning there is a calling. There is a reality that we need to repent. But, but that also is a message of rescue. Uh, because, uh, you know, Romans says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so not only is there no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but there is an invitation for any person who is lost to come find the place where there's no condemnation. Mm-hmm. You may be in trouble. Your life may be a mess. Mm-hmm. You may not be in the place where you're supposed to be. But come over here. In Christ, there's no condemnation. So there may be a journey that says, listen, if you are in the wrong place, if you are not walking with God, if you've never received uh, the work of Christ in your life, then you are in danger. Mm-hmm. But come here. Mm-hmm. Come here. It is good. It is right. It is safe. There is no condemnation here. There is a rescue waiting for your life. So I think even in answering that, though, you say instead of fear mongering and fear preaching, you give hope and grace preaching. Maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's what people are asking. Because there's like the grace preaching of like there is a rescue for your life is this is the grace. This is the good news. This is the gospel. Instead of saying, you're going to spend eternity in hell. And then you're like scaring them to Jesus. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there may be some places. I'm sure there are some places where the word has got to be very, very stern because the circumstances mm-hmm. are here and there is not any time to to mess around with it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's some of the way in which we deal with, with small kids. I was going to say when, that. When it's you like deal parenting, with small kids, yes. Like if there is a moment, and, and we always use this example, uh, where your kid's about to stick their finger or a butter mm-hmm. knife in an electrical outlet. By the way, that's another story for another podcast, <laughs> how I saved Adam's life and went on the ambulance. But yeah. Um, but right. But in that moment, if he's about to reach that, then... right. You don't explain things to them. You yell. You you stop that because that's a moment of danger. Mm-hmm. And but most of the time, mm-hmm. we spend our time teaching and explaining. Right. No, don't do that. And, right. and and if they like, listen, it gets sterner as they get closer to right. that. But but our most effective life change for our kids is when we're teachers now right because the most effective thing would be to put those little plastic plugs in the outlets to have protection way and then you're teaching them as they grow and get older do not touch that 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 will harm you and guess what eventually you get to take the little plastic plugs out and the kids know we're not supposed to stick not you know i think that that's the most effective way i think the reality is that i can be 
I don't forget what the question was, harder or harsher. I just deleted it so okay. I wouldn't re-ask I, I think it. That the, I, think, I think the are reality you a condemnation is, preacher? I, th- I, I don't continue. know it's not condemnation because okay. there's rescue there. Okay. But, but I am a harsher person sometimes in a counseling session. Yes. Because I know this is where your life is. Yes. You've got to turn. You're, you are reaching. You are heading for right. the wrong place. Right. And so one-on-one, knowing the circumstances of that person's life, mm-hmm. I will say, stop. Stop mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I will hold up a very specific mirror and say, look at what you're doing. But I can't speak to a whole congregation that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's happening in their life. Mm-hmm. Now, there are people in that congregation that, that, that probably need to hear that harder word. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they, they hear that truth from me. Here's the other piece. Here's that other piece to that mm-hmm. is that it is my belief that the Spirit of God will animate his word Mm. and apply it in the place with conviction that needs to come. It does not have to be me Mm -hmm. grabbing them and frightening them. Mm -hmm. I offer rescue Mm -hmm. through the word of God Mm -hmm. and through the gospel. That's... That's the message that Jesus preached. Right, right. It is rescue. Now, I have to make clear, here's the reason why you need to be rescued. Right, right. I knew you were going to go off. If I ask a question, I knew. (laughs) That's it. You're right, though. I mean, no, I appreciate the answer. I'm just trying to think, like, okay, what questions now do I have that you have not answered yet? So I want to back up a little bit as we talk about legalism and talk about um, a preacher of grace versus a preacher of legalism. If we have two comparisons here, Mm. where do, what do you do with the law? What do you, Pastor Tim, what do you, Tim, as a follower of Christ, right. what do you do with a Bible, as a Bible studier with the law? Well, I think that one of the things we have to understand that the value of the law and what I've taught for a long time, my understanding of the law is that when the Israelites come out of Egypt and they've been in Egypt for 400 years and they, they've been surrounded by this uh, pagan culture mm-hmm. with, with many, many gods and just sheer chaos and and they have lost their sense of rootedness Mm -hmm. in Yahweh and so as they cross the Red Sea they know that God is their deliverer their rescuer but they don't know anything else about him right and so part of what that law does is it reveals the character of God Mm -hmm. this is what north is this is what up is this is what is right and so it reveals the character of God now that does not necessarily mean that it gives us the pathway Mm-hmm. in which we can reach God. Mm-hmm. In fact, the New Testament tells us time and time again it doesn't. So the first thing it does is it tells us this is the character of God. Mm-hmm. And so we don't throw away the law right. because the law is the character of God. Right. This is true north. Right. This is up. This is what God looks like. Yeah. But that law also captures our circumstance and points us to a greater need that can only be found in Christ. Paul in the book of Galatians also tells us that the law functions as a tutor, as a guardian, uh, as a as a teacher, a schoolmaster, mm-hmm. that while we are learning about God, that tutor functions as sometimes a harsh overseer for our lives. Mm. But then there comes a time when we transition from being, he describes in Galatians as being a slave under the law to being adopted as a son in Christ. And so then we let go of the law Mm -hmm. because the law has done its job to deliver us to the point Mm -hmm. 
of understanding true north, understanding our need, and then we are found there in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say that... The, and don't you also think, and I, I do want to butt in here because yeah. I think, but also then once we are in Christ and we have that personal relationship with him through the gift of salvation that he had through work on the cross, then we... I, I know we've heard it in Sunday school classes so often in Bible study, but then we want to do His yeah. will. We want to line up with those things. You know, we want it. It just is right. That, part exactly, of our fruit is lining up yeah. with the way He is. But that's exactly where I was going to go okay. next because in this last week or so, I, I've been reading uh, mid to late John, uh, John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, that mm-hmm. high priestly mm-hmm. prayer, mm-hmm. and because I was also studying in Galatians recently, uh, it caught me that He talks about if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Now, that is not the pathway to reach God, but it is the reflection of the relationship that we have with him because that law is the character of God. And so he says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Now, he sums up that commandment that says you love one another. Mm -hmm. That's how they're going to know that you're with me. So there is a part of it that godly obedience is a response to our relationship in Christ. Mm But, and this is the part that's really, really difficult, is that the law, the rules, the structure reveal the character of God, help us to understand God, but they're not the pathway there. And we just so quickly fall into holding on to the handrails more tightly than we're supposed well, to. Well, because there's sometimes just so obvious things that we can do and checklist of... It just feels do- like we can do this without thinking. Right, right. We can do this without our heart being right, engaged, right. which is sometimes so much easier. Yeah. And we can okay. measure what someone else is doing. Okay. Um. So, I, I don't know. I'm skipping around a little bit because we're covering a lot when you start answering. Um. How do you think... That was back to the preacher of law and preacher of the grace. But how do you think most people will best hear about Jesus and come to salvation? Oh, and I'm going to put that kind of in hand. Romans tells us that it's the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans, I think, is chapter two, verse four. It says it is the kindness of God that draws us to repentance. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes we think that it's a harshness, it's a harsh, exactly. judgmental message that gets us to repentance. But it's the it's the kindness of God that's fear. that brings that's us to fear. repentance. And you know, the idea that the kindness of God makes us soft. No, it tells us right. that this kindness of God delivers us to the place where we repent and run from the places where we've where we've been that was good i again you don't know the questions and i don't know what answer you're going to say but i'm going to say that was a good answer well good for you if we had an audience here they would be clapping they would be there would be applause um let's see so all of that and again with this preaching grace Grace preacher, a preacher of grace, as opposed to the law, as I'm opposed to I'm still confused as to what other kind of preacher I there don't is, know. I don't know. I'm just telling you the way that we've heard it, the way I've heard it, okay? Um, is there, so I want to know from you, is there a cost to following Jesus? Because if it's oh. always, because I think sometimes people feel like the preacher of grace is like all light and lovey-dovey and happiness and joy, so I the, want to know, like, and I'm, I'm not saying that's correct. I'm yeah. saying I think that that's what people think. There's, there's great cost to following Christ because, uh, first of all, it is the relinquishing of my agenda. It's the re- 
It is submitting my life to Christ. Mm -hmm. It is saying I have been wrong and I have to rearrange my life mm -hmm. uh, to submit and be under the leadership, the guidance, the lordship of Christ. And so that is a huge uh, immediate. That's the thing. You cannot come to Christ without a a cataclysmic event in your life of saying the way that I was mm -hmm. The path that I was on is a dead end and I have to change the direction that I'm going. Mm -hmm. That is huge cost. Mm -hmm. It is a renunciation of who I was before right. so that I can find that hope and that rescue in Christ. Now beyond that, there, there continues to be cost because now all of a sudden when we become a follower of Christ in that way, we are completely out of sync with the world. Right. And sometimes right. we're out of sync even with fellow believers oh, in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that Scripture tells us about constantly is that it's going to be tough. And I think sometimes there is going to be a high cost. And I think sometimes our biggest issue is that, man, we're not experiencing that cost because we're not as submitted to Him mm -hmm. as, as we're supposed to be. And... So you think it, do you think it's your task as the preacher to, um, again, I'm going to kind of reiterate what I said, but like yell at people and fuss at people and bang your Bible at people and get them into submission of the will of God and the way of God and walk under God's word? What's the most effective way to well, I think to that's get the that, thing communicate is that, that? that that's, those are the exact words that we, we need to talk about is that... I don't consider my preaching to be effective mm -hmm. based on the noise that I make. Okay. The effectiveness of my preaching is as I capture the Word of God, mm -hmm. deliver the Word of God, and let the Holy Spirit work in it, but it is how it's heard and how it's received. Uh, the idea of, I just told it like it is, mm -hmm. if the people haven't heard it, mm -hmm. and, it and if... And if my words haven't been able to speak into their heart mm -hmm. and in a method that makes them lean into the truth and not seal off the truth, then, then I have failed as a preacher. Mm -hmm. I think that I have to speak it in a way that it is most likely to be heard by the person. And so it doesn't matter what I say if it isn't being heard. My measurement mm -hmm. is... How can I say this in a way that people can hear it? Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I don't think that that's kicking and screaming. Right. I think there's, and sometimes there but is there short also term. Is, this is not a Tim's way is always the right way either. I want to make sure that in this podcast, there's not like yeah. your way is the only way. Listen, there are thousands of preachers across the United States. Across, there's, I don't know how many, a thousand, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands across the world that are all preaching on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or teaching in something. And they're all going to have a slightly different way different of doing voice, it. Yeah. They're, but they're, you know, most many of them are effective. So, I mean, I don't want this to be like, oh, Tim's way is the only way or Tim's voice is the only way. I don't want that yeah. either. But I, but I think in the conversations as we have with people, there's just this labeling on you. I would say, again, nobody has said Tim soft, not that, but I think that just to clarify. And, and as I was thinking, I was like, the best way to do this is like to talk to you about it and be like, Hey, answer some questions for me. Does that make sense? See, when I hear soft, I think cuddly and cute. That's you not do. what people are yeah, saying. I think Charmin. It's okay. like soft. I don't <laughs> but, know. But I think in terms of, if I go to the doctor and I'm, I'm heavier than I'm supposed to be. Mm. If that doctor yells at me, mm -hmm. I can leave that 
doctor's office with some guilt and some shame. And for a couple of days, I will probably try to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens. I would probably find a new doctor because I would be like well, so embarrassed people, to ever people, go back. I would be like, no, well, I can't do and that's this. that's exactly what happens. But some people, <laughs> the, the doctor feels good that I told them that that person yeah, was, yeah. you know, borderline this yeah. and borderline that. And, 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 and I, I really told them and, and, and I, I, I took care of I would never go back. <laughs> like, well, and that's what happens. But that's yes. what happens. But I think that if I had a doctor mm-hmm. that said, listen, here's why this matters in your life. Here is a pathway that you can get to where you need to go. Mm-hmm. And if he checked on me and we had a, a follow-up, that's far more likely for me two, three months time from now to be have my life transformed in terms of my nutrition. Mm-hmm. Now, he might have felt better yelling at me. Mm-hmm. It would have been a shorter <laughs> experience yeah. there doesn't have to be nearly as much uh, follow-up mm-hmm. and i probably would have gone home bought some rice cakes or whatever those styrofoam things yeah, are rice cakes, and yeah. um and rice for a cakes day or two, are definitely out because they're too much carb you got to go with keto and like you know some other way i like keto corn that's oh, kettle <laughs> corn um so i don't know that's part of it it's the effectiveness mm-hmm. yeah okay now, there are a handful of people that that do like to be yelled at. No, that's true. I, but I think like from the days in seminary, I mean, you've been a pastor for 26 years and I know there are, there have been people, you know, um, but I see a distinction that like that. I don't, I don't want to be yelled at, but I, I, I don't want to be yelled but at. But I, but I have always hungered. Yes. For someone that'll speak truth to my life. Yeah. I, I think, I so think everyone hungers for that. I, I don't, I don't need to be yelled at. Yeah. But if someone comes to me that I know and loves me yes. and puts their arm yes. around me and says, Tim, you've really got this wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're going to listen. I'm going to listen. Yeah. And I'm going to value that person in my right. life so right. deeply. And I, I hunger for that. Right. I have some people in my life that love me so much. All they do is say, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And I've hungered. And I said, sometimes I've never served on staff in a church. Right. I've never had, I've always been the pastor. Oh, yeah. And so okay. for a long time, I hungered to have somebody that was my boss mm-hmm. that would tell me when I got something right mm-hmm. and would tell me when I got something wrong. Is this like an opening door for the podcast for anybody who listens to email you and tell you or send you a note? Like, I don't know that we're doing that. Some of that. them will. I know. Like, I but don't no, know if we're but, doing that. But there are some. I've always told our staff. and I told my staff this week. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, if you see something that I've got out of order mm-hmm. in my life, you tell me right. immediately, right. probably not in public, right. but right. you tell me immediately because right. I want someone to speak truth into my life. You speak Absolutely. truth into my mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. and I'm starved for it now. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the first 15 minutes doesn't it's go well. It's not fun. No, it's not fun. But, That's right. Oh my. Yeah. I oh. think that a lot of society is hungry so for that. So when I preach... Mm-hmm. I want to preach truth with hope and with grace. And I want to speak to the parts of life that you don't hear about anyplace else. Things that are deep and meaningful and true and will change your life. Mm-hmm. But I want to say it in a way that's an invitation. Yeah. Invitation to hope and to grace. Mm-hmm. That's it. 
I think you wrapped it up pretty well. I actually had like two more questions, but I'm not going to ask them right now because I think they actually take us on a different path, a slightly different path. Um, but I did just want to ask because I think sometimes people need to hear your voice and hear your voice as a pastor. And also, I think that your voice represents many, many pastors' voices. I yeah, think that that's, what that's I'm true. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, that's the whole thing. And I think, I don't know. I just wanted to know and I wanted to ask and just take a break from what else we were doing. So, well, you're a fine interviewer. Oh, thank you. Is that truth that you're speaking into my life? Or are you just saying that because you're married to me? But, you know, okay. I hey. think we had a good conversation. I so you must have asked good questions. Oh, yes, yes, I did. I actually had them all noted on my phone. And I just think you were still surprised when I was like, hey, I'm going to interview you. So you don't have to bring anything from the word. So, um, all right. Wrong and strongs. Or smiley and frowning. No, wrong and strongs. We're sticking with it. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. So do you think when it comes to this part of the podcast that people at home are playing along? They are like dropping out. Oh. I don't know if they make it this far. Wow. If you make it this far in the podcast, there are several things you can do. First of all, you can subscribe on whatever place that you're listening to, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. Did you know that Anchor, where we make these podcasts, just got bought by Spotify? I didn't know that. Yes, I just got a user agreement that now all oh, of our information belongs to Spotify. So hey, Spotify, you know, welcome here. Um, but so do you, you think people at home? Do you think people at home are like listing their wrongs and strongs for the week? I don't know, but they should. Okay. Well, they should just lift their strongs because that's far more uplifting. Okay. So what's your <laughs> wrong this week? <laughs> my wrong is my wrong is we had our fall fest at church. Sunday. Oh, it's wrong. That was a great day. It was a fantastic day. But I was in charge of the condiments at the hot dog table. Yeah. Do you know how much mayonnaise I saw go on hot dogs? Have you ever in your life thought about putting mayonnaise on a hot dog? Not really a single time in my life. Ever. But right? I'm a ketchup only guy on a hot dog. But a and little I know bit of mustard is to be good. Mustard. It, uh, Good, it's fine. But I grew up on just ketchup. Yes, and I did I too. also don't put mayonnaise on anything. No. Like, so, we, when we make a sandwich at our house, it is bread, no meat, bread. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no mayonnaise or mustard or anything Some like cheese. on there. Cheese is fine. I like lettuce. You might like a tomato. But there's no right. sauce on the sandwiches. Um, but I just was, like, amazed. So I actually asked that question on Facebook, which is getting a lot of replies. And so many people. So what happened is my issue is not even... If you want to eat a grilled hot dog and put mayonnaise on it, okay, you do you. It's your life, It yeah. crosses the line, though, because the people put mayonnaise on it, and some people put mayonnaise and relish on it, and some people put mayonnaise and relish and mustard on it, and then they walk down to the chili crockpots, and they put chili on top of their mayonnaise dog. And there are some people who responded and said that on my Facebook poll question. Yeah, I'm like, some of them may be listening right they now. They might be. And I'm sorry. Crowd. That is wrong. It goes in the wrong column this week. <laughs> I just don't know. The other thing that is just a side note, it was okay. completely funny. This is funny. a bonus wrong. This is just, no, it's, it's just a bonus information. Okay. That if you are somebody who is standing behind the ketchup, mustard, mayonnaise, and relish table at the Fall Fest, you will notice family groups. Really? There were many group family groups that came in, and they all made their hot dog the exact same way. And so I'm saying, really? like, if you and I went, we would be ketchup only. Well, yeah. last night we would have been chili and cheese. But yeah. if, like, and we all belong to a family. And if Adam's going to eat a hot dog, he would have put ketchup only. See, I would have bypassed your table completely and just gone straight many to the chili did. and cheese. 
except if they wanted mayonnaise with their chili. <laughs> but I just, I noticed I was like way, like people I didn't know because we had I a lot of people I think when I there. saw some of those hot dogs out in the wild, yes. I thought it was sour cream. No. Chili, cheese, sour cream no. on a hot dog. Nope. Nope. What's your position on that? No, no thanks. But I'm not really a sour cream girl either. The only thing I like sour cream on is potato skins. Like stuffed potato skins, you know? That's it. So, anyhow. All right, what do you have for wrong? Let's uh, go wrong. Is it about the fall fest? No, <laughs> it was yesterday so. morning at church. Okay. Oh, We boy. have two services. We do. And the first service went smoothly. I'm it not did. saying it was perfect, but yeah. it, was, it was smooth. Everything went well. It was. Well. I was there. And then for the second service, mm -hmm. I get up and my mic doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And the sound booth waves at me and tells me that it's on my end. Mm -hmm. I didn't think it was on my mm -hmm. end, but they said it was on my end, and it's been on my end before. And so I flip switches, and it still doesn't work. They try again on their end. It doesn't work. Uh -huh. By this time, it's been a little awkward in front of everybody. Yeah. Brian hands me his mic. Okay. A handheld? It doesn't work. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, okay. It doesn't work okay. at all. And so I don't even remember how we finished that. I might have just yelled. Um, and then I go back to the sound booth yeah. and try to, while there are other things are going on in the service, we're swapping out multiple mics trying to right. get one to work. None of them work. They gave me one and said, this will work. And they taped some stuff up. And okay. just before it was time for me to read scripture, they run up and say, yeah, that one's not working anymore. Oh, I didn't. I did say carry you up there, but I didn't know. Okay. I used four different microphones wow. to get through the second service Sunday. It was not smooth. It was not I did cool. not notice all the interruptions. I did notice that you had to use a lapel mic, and it was on your right lapel and clipped in right there. So every time you talked to the right, it was really loud. And then you turned to the left, and it was really quiet. We could hardly hear you. So I did notice the variance. And yeah. I think you also look left and right really fast. And so it, it made that more noticeable. So. Years ago, they convinced me to put the earpiece. Earmite, yeah. And I didn't really want to do that. Yes. But they said when you turn your head, you don't lose exactly. it. Exactly. And so... So what's going to happen for Sunday? Is the strong that you have a new mic on order? No, they can't figure out why it was. They couldn't, okay. they couldn't repeat it, so they'll work on it again Wednesday. Okay. It worked fine. For the first Everything service. Everything worked. Yeah, and it that's was four right. different microphones that's right. yeah. that it took me to try to work. That <sighs> okay. was not great. Go with something strong. Uh, something strong. Uplifting and strong. Isn't that a radio station? Is that Life Songs? Uplifting and I don't know. not positive strong. Positive and Positive, yeah. Okay. Anyhow, give me something um, positive and encouraging. Well, for many years of my adult life, yes. I've been in search of a good salt and pepper shaker. Like we've been married 27 years. And I don't know what it is. I didn't really know that I was picky about salt and pepper oh, shakers. I did. But somehow I was the recipient of for the many years it just didn't have the right flow. It didn't right. have the right pour. It didn't yeah. have the right shape. Okay. And so at some point in time I said, "Oh, oh, if only I could have the salt and pepper shakers of my youth." Uh, but yeah. then we tried to find them and I couldn't describe them and we couldn't ever figure them out. So we started going to antique places looking for the salt right. and pepper shakers. I never understood what youth. they looked like because you never would describe them. I never describe them. Nope, I couldn't understand. Well, finally I tried one more time and I think we were with some other people and I described we it and I said, 
this is what it is. And I found out they were made by Corel. Mm -hmm. And I searched them and I found them on eBay. Yes. And I said, there they are. And Brian and Lindsay, uh, who work with us at church, uh, they overheard it and they ordered for me. I know. I think Lindsay said that was the ones that she had in the house growing up too. Salt and pepper shakers of my youth. I know. And I'm so happy. I should fill them, <laughs> or well, you should fill them. There's nothing wrong with you either, you know? I wasn't going to bring it up. That I'm so close to having salt and pepper happiness. The next time I cook a meal, we will have to fill them. Yeah. <laughs> so that while. was really strong. It was very, yes, first of all, it was, it was great for mm-hmm. me to be reunited with the salt and pepper shakers. Of my what if those were there's, yours? There, there's really no, because it's got this goyle, gold foil yes. around the neck. And uh, ours did not have Oh, okay, that. okay. Uh, well, I mean, it used to have it. You it could probably tell did. It, was it just there, got run, yeah, but rubbed it got off. Kind of okay. Worn off. We will have but to post a picture. There's of very these few things as emotional as being reunited with your salt and pepper shakers of your youth. It did make. And me then happy. for Brian and Lindsay to think about that and order that for me, and, and they called it Pastor's Appreciation. It was that was very, was nice. very nice, very kind. Yes. Okay, my strong is our son Adam. Who is in his, I don't know what, third master's year, program. seven, yeah, second year, two and a half years or whatever, into his master's program at University of Southern Mississippi at USM in Hattiesburg. Today, he had to go and defend his proposal for his thesis. Like, it's basically, he said, hey, this is what I'm going to write my thesis on. And he had to get it approved by a board. A panel of, of yeah, an, an, music theorists. Something review board. And he had to go in front of them and say, this is what I've been working on. This is my proposal. Here it is with his abstract and everything. Thing, done something and um they gave him complete not even provisional acceptance and everything so no. they completely accept it with full yippee doo hooray hip hip hooray i'm sure they said that yeah so it looks yeah. like you've done some good work right and he was excited because he's been working on this for some time and he yeah. said i've kind of been doing it in private nobody knows what i'm talking about right. this is the first time that i've had a chance to talk about it out loud right uh, with people who know what, what I'm, I'm talking, talking about. about that's right because he tells us but we're like uh-huh 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 yeah <laughs> I do that more. No, listen, I do that more than I understand and follow along more than you do. Sometimes I think you're tuned out. Let's be honest. No, he and I have had much more conversation about it, but I try to follow. I do. And he sent us music samples and stuff. So we understand it a little bit, but our understanding does not matter. It's really up to the board that matters. And he got complete approval today. So So, pretty good day. Yes. It's a strong day. All right. We're going to wrap it up. I don't know how long it's been, but it seems like we've been talking forever. Seems like you've been talking more than me. So maybe I just want to wrap it up because I didn't get to say anything this week. So, all right. We will be back next week. Mm-hmm.